In this episode, I am bringing you a heart-to-heart conversation with one of my favorite people in all the world, licensed psychologist and friend, Dr. Shalina Hurd. We will be talking about singing, dancing, and eating pizza, and how you can use activities in your life to have a proactive approach to maximizing your mental health and your overall wellness. Stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast, Empowered by Design. I'm your host, Dr. Liz, a licensed psychologist and owner of Visionistas by Design Wellness Boutique in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. This podcast is about the power of connection and a proactive approach to mental health and overall wellness. It's about finding and owning your power right now and using it for good by nurturing the connection of body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Empowered by Design Podcast delivers psychological concepts and practical strategies with a real-life approach. Designed to empower health and wellness, optimal performance, authentic connection with yourself and others, and purposeful, joyful living. Be well. Live empowered. Dream Design Deliver. Welcome to episode 19 of the Empowered by Design podcast. I am so, so, so excited to be here with you today and to be sharing one of my favorite people in all the world, Dr. Shalina Hurd. I'm going to get right into her intro and then we are going to chat about all things fun and also mental health in the spirit of Mental Health Awareness Month. But before I do that, I will give you a little bit of a background on Dr. Hurd. Dr. Shalina Hurd is a licensed psychologist in the state of Maryland and certified as a National Health Service Psychologist and approved clinical supervisor. She is a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and a proud first-generation college student. Dr. Hurd has extensive experience providing therapy and psychological assessment services to children, adolescents, and adults within inpatient, residential, outpatient, and school settings. She also provides supervision to graduate trainees and mental health professionals. In addition to her therapy and assessment practice, Dr. Hurd has been an affiliate faculty member at Loyola University in Maryland and Lehigh University in Pennsylvania. Dr. Hurd is also a proud historically black college and university graduate in that she attained her Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from Spelman College and her Master's in Counseling Psychology from Howard University. She later received her Doctorate in Counseling Psychology from Lehigh University. Dr. Hurd is an active member of the American Psychological Association and Maryland Psychological Association. Beyond her professional experience, Dr. Hurd is passionate about social justice advocacy and serving her community. She has spoken at her high school alma mater's career day for several years and formally and informally mentors undergraduate and graduate students. Dr. Hurd also currently serves on the board of directors for Youth Professional Development, Inc., a nonprofit organization that provides intervention and prevention services for teenagers in Prince George's County, Maryland. 
Wow. Welcome. Look at you. I just love reading all that stuff about you. Uh Welcome, Shalina. Welcome, Dr. Hurd. I'm so thankful for you being here. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I saw you. I mean, I saw you. I saw you last week, right? Last week on you did a, a an Instagram live and you were talking about mental health awareness and self-care. And I said, um, I need you on my podcast. <laughs> and you were so gracious to say, okay, let's do it. So when I was watching your thing, I was like taking notes. I was like, when I saw your notes, I was oh, like, yeah. this I was really no, listening. I was, I was like with my, I was like cleaning out my closet at the same time, like folding clothes. Ooh, this, I got to write this down. Um, yeah, I was excited. <laughs> So I love you. <laughs> well, it's fun to do these things. And it's, you know, I, I have so many people in my mind to be able to ask to be on this podcast. I can't wait. And when you see someone who's already kind of putting themselves out there to kind of talk and see the importance of just the proactive approach is really helpful. So thank you so much. So yes, we are here talking about mental health awareness. First of all, tell us a little bit about you and what are, tell us what you do, where you, where you work, what your specialty is. Just yeah. tell us about Shalina, Dr. Hurd. (laughs) Dr. Hurd. So I am, I'm doing a couple of things right now, um, which are all exciting, but um, yeah, just have me in a couple of different roles doing the things that I love. So kind of full time, my day to day, I work at a children's hospital in Maryland in the neuropsychology department where I do uh, psychological assessments full time. Um, so I do the evaluations, I make recommendations, I connect families with resources within our hospital or beyond. Um, and I actually um, about two weeks ago, just launched our young adult clinic under the neuropsych department there. So it's um, a specific kind of outpatient subdivision of our department that um, helps with the transition for kids once they kind of age out of IEP services and all the things provided under school services, helping them make that transition to adult type services. So I'm really excited about that. So that's kind of my day to day. Yeah. So for kids who um, have individualized education plans in schools because they're in special education services, um, because of learning differences, behavioral challenges, Um, those kids and families get a lot of support through the school. Um, And, you know, by law, the school has to provide certain accommodations, interventions. But once they graduate, those accommodations and interventions aren't guaranteed at the college level or in the community. Um, So we just are trying to bridge that gap so that Mm. the kids receive support, you know, all throughout their schooling won't be kind of lost in the shuffle as they become young adults. Part-time, I have a private practice I've been operating for a few years called Purposeful Assessment Consultation and Training Services, um, where I also offer psychological assessment um, services in the community, uh, do some consultation, outreach, supervision, um, working on a couple of other projects I hope to launch in the next year or two. Um, And then I also adjunct teach at Loyola in Maryland. I'm actually in the process of developing their first social justice advocacy course. It's going to be their advanced diversity course that I'll teach in the fall this year. So I've been with them for a few years and this is such an honor for them to let me develop this for them exclusively. So yeah, that those are all the things I have going on right now. <laughs> Ooh, I love hearing about that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So you do a lot of different types of things, which I think is so important, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Keeping ourselves 
I, I know for me, I definitely enjoy kind of diversifying the things that I do within my life, but also professionally. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, that was always a must for me. I knew very early on when we were in graduate school that um, therapy alone would not sustain me that I, I needed to have my hand in a couple different pots. I wanted to just really maximize all the things I could offer as a psychologist. And I think as I developed, I learned more and more about where I could work on what type of services I could offer with organizations I could maybe offer my services to. So yeah, I'm very grateful to be in a place where I think I'm doing a little bit of everything I really love about this field. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So you mentioned grad school. So let's go back there and <laughs> talk about how we met. Um, we, we attended Lehigh University together several years ago in our graduate program. And one of my favorite memories, I think maybe when our friendship really became solid <laughs> was, was the pizza party. Um, so yeah, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to start and tell me what you remember, and I'm gonna fill in what I remember about that. Sounds good. Sounds good. I know it was our stats class. We had a stats class mm-hmm. um, one weekday evening, um, and one I will always uh, start the story by. I always was in awe of Liz. She was just very smart and confident. I think you had been in the program, uh, you know, for a little while. So I just looked at you as someone that I was like, oh, like she's cool. She knows the lay of the land. She's open to questions. You had these beautiful blonde curls, and you sat at the front of the class. So I would be. T- and I would always just see your curls and I just um, admired your curls. Um, so one evening when we were going into our stats class, got there a little early or was it during our, was it I at the beginning? It was break. During our break. During okay. Break. During our break. We used to have a break. Um, there was another group of people in the room next to us that had pizza. And um, me and Liz realized we both loved pizza at that point. And I think you pointed out yeah, like there's some free pizza over there right next to you. Like it was just available to anyone who was in the building at that time. It's like, you want to go get some? I'm like, sure, let's <laughs> So we moved over there and Liz goes right in. She's putting pizza on the plate. I'm following her lead. I'm like, we belong here. This is available to us. This is a great good evening snack. And then people started to talk to us and introduce themselves and, you know, we're... <laughs> where we were coming from, what did we study here at Lehigh? And, you know, we were very honest. We're in the counseling psych program. You know, we're actually on break from our stats class. And they were like, oh, this is for the accounting program. I think it was like people learning about the CPA exams, right? Yeah, I think it was so funny because I just remember this. (laughs) I'm going to have to edit out the laughter. Um, um, I remember like holding the piece of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in my hand as they say what what department are you from or where did you come from and and they're like are you in the accounting department or whatever department it was and I'm I'm take a bite and I said no we're in counseling psych and I take a bite right let me get my bite and let because at this one we had gathered we weren't supposed to be there it wasn't <laughs> we knew we knew we were crashing the party at that point but we were just going with it 100 and it's so much easier to do that when you're with like a partner in crime 
<laughs> so, so and I don't know why you chose me that day, but I'm forever grateful yeah. because oh man, right on time. We were hungry. It was dinner time, and two, it bonded us for life. I it think did. like. It did. We have a pizza, pizza bond, pizza partners in crime for life. But it, it is, it is interesting because we do, um, you know, like we step outside our comfort zone a lot in life and in our work, right? Because we, we have to really push ourselves. And I think that both of us are, have that adventurous spirit where we're like, all right, let's just take a chance here and see what happens. And, you know, it, it turned out fine. They were all very polite. Nobody yelled at us. We didn't get in trouble, but we knew, you know, we, we had our pizza and we got back to class. <laughs> And then we laughed about it and we're still laughing about it. I think we'll laugh about it forever. Um, but yeah, so we, we attended school together. We, who just, I, yeah, when you're in, when you're in a grad program, it's, you're really, your lifeline are your, are your people that you find your people, right? You yeah. find your people and you find your connections that nurture your soul and your spirit because it's tough. Yeah, there's it's grueling work and um yeah so I am I'm forever grateful that we found each other and also that we bonded <laughs> so well um yeah so I saw your uh last week I saw your um you you're a guest speaker on an Instagram live video and talking all about self-care and the importance of self-care and in the spirit of mental health awareness month which this podcast is very much, it's, and I love that we have months that celebrate certain things. And I also, for me, recognize a call to always be in a mental health awareness type of, of space or celebrating all the things that we celebrate for at months at a time. And um, this podcast for sure, for me was, came out of a place of wanting to spread awareness in mental health aspects of care, as well as just overall health and wellness in a proactive preventative way. Because in our society, in our culture, it seems that we kind of don't attend, we don't attend to things until they're broken or mm -hmm. until something is wrong, something is, feels bad. We we maybe don't know what it is, or we do know what it is and we don't have time and really, really looking at, I think for, for sure in our program and that health component to our counseling psychology background, more so than wait till something's broke, then fix it. But really like start, start, um, the work now, start the work now so that when something happens that, that you're, that's unexpected, you're in a better place to handle it in a healthy way rather than kind of come trying to scramble out of a hole and feel okay. Um, yeah. So I, I really appreciated your just kind of hearing the way that you incorporate different aspects of of your health and wellness into your life and into your work. And really, so would love to just hear a little bit about your approach personally and professionally to that self-care, um, holistic type of work. 
Definitely. Yeah, no, I love that you gathered that from <clears throat> the talk. I think that it's interesting as you were talking, I'm like thinking about when I first shifted to that prevention mindset, because I think even when I started to be interested in psychology as a senior in high school, I, you know, we all learned about it from like an intervention model of like, you know, clinical, you know, psychopathology, you're intervening. Um, and it wasn't until I was working on my master's degree where I, I think I actually was an extern at a prevention program. Like it was a community-based program in Southeast DC. And I think that was the shift for me. I'm like, why do I want to wait until people are not well to intervene? Like there are tons of things I can be doing proactively. So that was it. So yeah, I just appreciate that you kind of brought that full circle for me because that is like, that's so much a part of my identity as a psychologist. And I remember that specific shift for me mm -hmm. when I was in program. So, and I think that's why counseling psych was a good fit for me. Like as I was looking for programs and interviewing, um, I really felt like counseling psych, the cultural competence, the social justice um, tenants, and also the proactive kind of prevention piece. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, this is this is me. Like this is what I want to do. This is what I want to contribute to the field. So, like you said, personally, it's something I can I'm committed to. Um, I'm not one to kind of preach and advise people to do things that I don't incorporate myself. And I try to be really transparent with the people I work with, and even on the lives that I do and different talks about like my challenges with that. Like you, you know, read all the things that I'm involved in, and I do. <laughs> struggle with balance um, often and have to, I actually this morning as I was getting up, <clears throat> was thinking like once a month, one of my personal things um, I do is like a media fast. So I fast from watching television, from listening to the music, unless it's like instrumental jazz and gospel, just kind of more uplifting, kind of neutral music. Um, I, I'm not on social media and I just use that downtime I would use to be on those platforms to like journal and reflect and, and work on things that are kind of just falling to the wayside for me. And I do that once a week and I was like, oh, I haven't done that for May. So tomorrow I'm going to start that so I can make sure I, I accomplish that from, for May. And it just really helps me reset. Um, it makes me so much more aware of the things that I haven't kind of made time for that are falling to the wayside. And then I'm able to kind of come up with a plan of action so that I'm more efficient and more effective. So like, that's one of my things. Personally, I just started within the last month, I'm um, trying to get up an hour earlier each day, um, really just to kind of clear my head and to actually like go through emails and get things done that I'm, I was previously doing late at night, because I realized my sleep was off, I was staying up too late. So again, like, instead of trying to take something to help me sleep, or trying to do all <laughs> these things, like start your day earlier, get these things done. So you can go to bed at a reasonable hour, and you're not up till 11, 12 o'clock checking emails doing work. So like, those are some of the more recent things I've been doing personally. And then you know, this Liz that um, well, over the last year, almost year and a half at this point, like I've been on a really intense kind of health journey. Mm -hmm. And I've really changed eat. Um, I've incorporated like routine um, um, fitness and, and workouts. I'm working with a trainer now. Um, and just even the way I, I think about food, the way I approach just like my health and my body, um, that's all connected. Like, I feel so much better when I'm able to work out, when I'm able to meal prep, when I have a great meal, um, my body doesn't feel sluggish and weighed down. And just mentally, it just, it puts me in a different space. So I think, yeah, there are just so many things that I've incorporated personally that I've also been able to kind of translate to when I'm working with people too. Yeah, I love that because one of the things we learned really early on in our program was 
that we are the tool that we use to help people. And if we are out of balance, um, then we're not the best that we can be for the people that we're working with, the people that we, you know, whether it's professionally or the people that we love that are, that we are with caring for and being in relationship with in our personal lives as well. And here, one of the biggest things that I talk about in, in my work is the mind, body, heart, soul, spirit, balance, and connection and harmony, right? Because we recognize we, we want to be balanced and we also know that that's not always possible, right? Sometimes my mind takes over when my body can't or vice versa. And so you really, in a wonderful way, put that out there as something personally that you, that you work towards and strive towards balance and recognizing that, you know, whether it's meal prepping or getting physical activity, um, in, in the, in the long run, it's very much about attending to yourself in a holistic way and then being, feeling better, feeling better about it. For sure. And yeah. I, and I love that you said it, it's a struggle, right? <laughs> because it's not just, you know, we do it and then snap our fingers and we have arrived and put it on cruise control. It's very much an, a process of tuning in and, uh, and being proactive. So taking, um, even taking that, when you said the social media break, the fast once a month, it's neat because I've, think I've heard definitely people from the other side get to a point where it's like, Oh, I have to shut down my social media because I've kind of gotten to a point where I can't take it anymore. Right. And so what you're saying is rather than wait till that point, till something's heavy and burdensome, I'm deciding once a month, I'm going to shut it down for whether it's social media, all media, and just like recharge and build that in before I get to the point where I, where I'm tripping over things because I'm, I'm burdened by it. So that's exactly what it is. It's about being proactive. And I know some people, you know, we use media and social media for different things. And for me, I never feel burdened by it, but it is a time suck. Like mm -hmm. I can easily something and get wrapped into several videos and messages and chats about things. Um, and time is something we just can't get back. Um, and I just want to be intentional about my time. That's an, also something that I'm striving toward. And I've been more uh, conscious about over the last couple of years of even with wanting to be active and wanting to be involved in various things, like being very intentional about how I allocate my energy and my time. And that's a way of proactively preserving yourself too. Cause like you said, we can't pour from an empty cup. Like if we're constantly pouring out, pouring out, running here, running there, how can we be fully present for our families, for our friends, for our clients? Um, so again, I'm just being very intentional about like, yeah, these things are important to me. I'm passionate about a million things. I love people and helping people. Um, but there are limits to even doing all of that, even though it's something good and positive and something I know I'll enjoy um, just being very mindful of how much time I should like realistically allocate to those things on a regular basis. Yeah. Ener and energy. I think for me, I definitely try to be more proactive than I have ever been in my life of just getting a pulse on my own energy, um, mood, energy, <laughs> right? What I'm going. And I, I would, I'm, I'm wondering for you in a curiosity kind of way. So if, the components that I talked about that, that I really 
a focus on even in like pulling them apart, the body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit, like pull them apart to look at them and focus on them. And throughout this, even through the podcast, I, I took each one in a separate episode to kind of say, okay, what does this mean? And to help people think about what does it mean to you? What does spirit mean to you? What does body, how do you tune into your own body and recognizing we pull them apart, but to put them back together because they're all interconnected. Um, so I'm curious for you, when you think of a, your go-to, if you're focused on, or something needs, something needs your attention in your overall health and wellness, where does the message come from first or the loudest for you? Oh, that's such a good question, Liz. I'm, yeah, I'm a mind and heart person, I would say, like, I'm constantly in my head, which is a gift and a curse. Um, Because I think, but I also it's it's good. I think I'm very conscious of my thoughts and how my thoughts impact how I feel and then how that results in my behavior, right? That cognitive behavioral framework. So to me, it's always what's in my head. What am I thinking? What am I obsessing over what like that's usually and when my head is too full or I'm too distracted like that's a sign that like I'm overloaded like I've got too many things like and it'll impact my sleep so Mm -hmm. I'll so it's like that kind of that classic waking up in the middle of the night and thinking about all the things you need to do um or forgetting things and like missing things because you have too much on your plate so for me it's it always it's the thoughts and then just emotionally, like, you know me, you know, I'm super extroverted, bubbly, pretty high energy, positive. Um, so if I start to feel more irritable than usual, if my energy is low, if I'm not greeting people with a joke and a laugh, that is <laughs> a short time that like something is off with Shalina. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, my mind and, and my heart, my emotion, like those are like my, my warning signs that like, okay, something, something's off here. What's going on? Yeah, I love how you put that together, the 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 mind, the heart, the, the emotions, the thoughts, and and how they're connected with our actions and how we show up, right? Because I think too, sometimes I asked I asked you what what's the loudest message that you get? And then I also recognize that um, sometimes it's the people around us that have to point it out, you know, like what's up with you? <laughs> what's, what's up with Shalina? Why aren't you, why aren't you greeting me with a joke? Um, and, and sometimes we can feel stuck in ourselves, uh, trying to think, 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 or feel it. Um, and, and so I, one of the things that I try to help people do is to tune in when your mind isn't the one helping you, right. You're stuck in those thoughts or, even the emotions you can't pull out of it, tune in, tuning into another aspect, whether it's the body or the spirit or the soul. And I, similarly, as you said, we have to do that ourselves too, in order to be able to help other people do it, that we have to, we have to be proactive in doing those things ourselves. So, yeah. Hmm. Right. And it kind of goes right into this, this, the signs that we might see, or maybe someone else needs to point out that, um, that help us to know, maybe there's something else going on that we may need more attention than just, okay, let me get a good night's sleep. Like when, when would you tell people it's, 
maybe you need some therapy or there's something else going on that a professional maybe would be able to help you out better. For sure. Yeah. And that's a question people always ask. Cause like you said, there's a level of self-awareness we need mm -hmm. of ourselves to know that. And then, you know, relying, depending on the people you have around you and how attentive they are and how aware, um, helping them to point it out. But I think, you know, one of the kind of first go-tos is any disruption in your daily functioning. So if you are not able to get up to get up and go to work on time, you're noticing that you're calling out more, um, you're not effective in your day-to-day -day activities. Um, I think even someone who doesn't have the most self-awareness, you know, when you're not functioning like your typical self, like there's some sign like, and if that's happening persistently, because like you said, we might have off days, off weeks, might even have a month where things are just kind of off. Um, and then you can recenter. But if this is persistently happening and it's disrupting um, your daily commitments, your responsibilities. Um, I do a lot of work through testing on executive functioning and educating people on like, that is like, that is the part of our brain that controls everything. So decision-making, planning, organization, initiating and completing tasks. So when that is completely disrupted, like those are like the first signs that like, okay, like, Maybe I need some intervention. And like you said, there's always an opportunity for you to try to respond to it of like, you know what you might need. You might need more rest, you might need to get you a better organization system, get you a little planner. I invested in a little whiteboard over COVID mm -hmm. to just really see physically. I needed to see it outside of my phone and outside of my Outlook email calendar, um, the things that I had to do. But if even with your own devices, you are still struggling, um, that's a sign that like, you might need some more. And then I think also too, like just being, I think people minimize um, our mood changes so much because people don't, I, I, you know, we talk about mood and emotions so much. So like it comes to us um, pretty, I was just talking to my cousin about this yesterday of just like, when you notice that people are kind of just like persistently irritable, they're nitpicking about things, they're obsessively talking just negatively about things. Like those things are not, not common. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't just constantly be in this place of like worrying and being upset and being irritable, like constantly, like, yeah, like we all need to vent and complain and get in a rut. But if that is happening more often than not, then those are some of the signs that like, yeah, maybe I need somebody outside of me, outside of my immediate circle um, to help me take a look at what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, that when we talked about our approach and really recognizing what got us into psychology in the beginning was probably what you, how you mentioned it, I, a symptomatic type of, of approach, like something's wrong, let's figure it out, right? Like there's, there's this figuring out kind of approach to what we do and, and then recognizing that both of us also have really enjoyed that welcoming of the proactive approach and being healthy and and then being able to to just really be be aware be self-aware and tune in and have surround ourselves with people who are going to be honest <laughs> right and are going to say you know you haven't really been yourself lately or i've noticed this and um sometimes in life i think when i think about that in relationships if you're starting to avoid someone because they're constantly 
negative or complaining, you know, it's a very natural thing to do for us as humans is to say, you know, I don't, that they're bringing me down. And, and sometimes that's when they need you the most, right? Uh, That's a good point. Mm -hmm. And um, that came as you were talking that, that popped into my head of just recognizing and, and that can be a very delicate message (laughs) to tell people and to be able to say, I'm coming from a place of care and love and I'm noticing this. And these are difficult conversations, right? And so these are things that we've talked about throughout our work is we, we have to sometimes have the difficult conversations and have the uncomfortable emotions in the room, in the space and know that it something, um, even just the message is started and may take time to nurture it, but in the spirit of the overall kind of goal, and, um, you know, of helping for sure. Yeah. So beautifully put, I want to hear more about So I guess when I think about even just thinking about the difficult conversations, one of the things you mentioned earlier today is your work with, uh, developing a class on social justice and diversity. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you have incorporated that in that into your work? Yeah, um, again, kudos to our, our graduate program, Lehigh, for helping me have a framework and language for that. I think it's something that's always been a part of my identity as someone who grew up in an inner city community, predominantly Black, low-income um, community. Um, it just, I think I was always very aware of the differences um, within my community, the schools within the city, you know, just like the disparities across schools um, and always tried to put myself in a position of advocating um, for things that we just needed as kids in Philly, (laughs) you know what I mean? So that was a part of my my identity pretty early on, but um, as a psychologist, I didn't know how that would fit in or probably wasn't even thinking about it until our doctorate program. So I think um, I always tell people I knew Lehigh was the program for me because when I interviewed, um, essentially, the me- and I don't even remember exactly what the faculty said, but essentially the message I got is that if you aren't invested in becoming a culturally competent psychologist and like making advocacy a part of your identity, then this isn't the program for you. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, I've so um I love that 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 was very that was very clear early on in the program and then I think um I just went in very intentional about like okay like how do I practically incorporate this so like you said I think now for me it's always been like whatever space I'm in personally, professionally, I'm always that voice um, that helps us consider questions and things that um, aren't always on people's radar about certain communities, about the language we use. I mean, I work in a neuropsychology department in inner city. I mean, our hospital base is in Baltimore and we have different clinics across Maryland. Um, but there are a lot of families that we work with that don't know what a neuropsych assessment is. They were told to get testing for their kid and they're like, well, so even just from just on an individual level, educating them on what testing is about, how you're going to use this report to advocate for your child, empowering them with the information they receive just on an individual level, that's a form of advocacy. 
then you go kind of within a system, within a department, wherever I'm working, um, being a voice and being someone who um, just makes the department aware of different things we can do. So for me, where I work, we're a massive hospital and we do tons of research and clinical work. Um, and I'm always like, okay, so how is all the thing, how are all the things we're doing here translating to the community that we're based in? Like, how are people using this information? How are we going to use this information to improve the school systems here, um, to inform how teachers work with kids, um, to inform the community resources that are available to these families. So again, just simply asking questions like that, hopping on committees or forming committees that are um, focused on that. Um, then you kind of go beyond just like within my work circle. Um, I've become really invested in policy advocacy um, in mm -hmm. the last few working on projects where, again, the things that we talk about as psychologists and the work we're doing in our individual settings, we're using that information to I've been to Capitol Hill several times talking to state legislators about policies that directly impact like the training of psychologists, um, increasing opportunities for minority psychologists, and also like the things that trickle down to our patients. So something as basic as like Medicare coverage, like making that more accessible, um, uh, giving psychologists more rights to treat people um, in a way that, you know, they will be adequately compensated for and they will have kind of rights and access beyond um, just our outpatient offices. So I, it's, it's just, it has just grown to like, you know, me advocating as a teenager in my community to, okay, doing it, you know, within my university to, doing it as a clinician with my patients to, okay, doing it in the systems that I'm based in and then kind of really translating it to the larger community um, and nationally, like really trying to make an impact with federal le legislation that will impact psychologists kind of broadly. So that's kind of how I've done it. And then, you know, like I'm so invested in training and supervision. So um, I incorporate that whenever I teach. But I think because of the presence I've had at Loyola, um, when they wanted to develop this advanced diversity course, um, the person who suggested the idea, they were like, well, who would teach it? And they were like, Shalina. <laughs> so I, was, I mean, that's scary that I'm just like the only person on your list, but I love that, that I was the first person that came to mind um, and it worked out for me to develop it. So again, being able to impact the next generation of psychologists to train them in a way that I was so grateful and fortunate to be trained in, but that a lot of our mentors and the generations before us didn't have that training. So um, just kind of shifting that narrative of what a psychologist looks like um, through a course like this is, I think, just amazing. And I'm just grateful for that opportunity too. Yeah. And I just love the way I, I can see you be using your hands and even to say the, the, the way that it's such a process on so many different layers, right? So you're talking about starting from the bottom. And when we, when we think proactively, you for sure, working with kids, working with children and adolescents, how much more proactive can you get, right? We're trying this, this work that you're talking about is trying to get them on, on the path as soon as possible, right? As soon as possible, getting them services that they need, assessments that they need, interventions that, that they need, strategies, and also the teachers and helping them and, and recognizing what a, um, what an amazing charge it is to be a teacher and how very overwhelming it can be as well, because teachers similarly to us kind of pour their heart and soul into the work. You don't, you don't go to be a teacher. Um, if you don't love uh, 
if you don't love children and want, want to better the generations to come and, and also then going up even from the teachers to the administrators to policy and, and going to, you know, all those different levels. I, I think it's just so admirable. So I thank you for your work. That's, it's just so amazing and, and inspiring to me. So it's wonderful to hear, hear all these things that you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. You were in the same training program as me. So, you know, like how many, and I think you were actually one of the first people to help me realize all of those free workshops and consultations we used to do as graduate students, we would present for different student groups and departments across Lehigh. And um, when we became professionals, we were like, we have experience. We've been doing this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Okay. So every time I have a guest on my, one of my things that I love to do is learn a little bit more about you and ask you a this or that question, a couple of these. So I I prepared you in advance. I didn't tell you the questions, but I did tell you we were going to do this. (laughs) So hold on to your seat ready for these fun questions. Okay. So this or that with Shalina, this or that Winter or summer? Winter. I was thinking you, I actually, I was thinking you might say winter. Can, why? (laughs) Besides we get to watch the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was born in late November. I love the fall. I love the winter. I love the, the clothing I can wear. I love snuggling up in blankets. I love wearing boots. I love the the snow when it first falls. Um, and I would rather be cold than hot any day. Okay. I can clear up when it's cold, but when it's hot, yeah, there's only so much limited clothing you can wear before you. Or take it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah. And it reminded me of our, of our other connection of loving the Philadelphia Eagles too, right? Yeah. And remembering us. Yeah. Our little FaceTime calls after all those fun a couple of years ago. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get back to the playoffs. <laughs> all right. Next question. This or that Mariah or Whitney? Oh my goodness. Why would you do this? <laughs> oh goodness. As soon as you said Mariah, I was about to jump in. Like it's always Mariah, but then you said Whitney and I was like, Oh, game change. Jeez, is there like a, an, a can I abstain? <laughs> can you go in the gray in the middle? <laughs> oh man, that is tough. I have to choose. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna make you choose because I don't know if I could choose. <laughs> but I think for me, when I think of this question, there's like. Sometimes I want Mariah and sometimes I want Whitney. So is there like a mood or a, a time frame where you would choose one or the other? It helps. Yeah. So Whitney is iconic. Mm-hmm. Whitney is, there is an undeniable love and appreciation for her artistry. Um, just her voice is unmatched. But when I think about, cause I'm a music person, I'm mm-hmm. constantly listening to music. I'm constantly singing, dancing, I would say Mariah is frequently on several of my playlists. Like 
I can always, there's always a Mariah song for whatever mood I'm in. So if I go based off that, I would say Mariah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> that was. I'm nervous about what's to come. No, no, that was the hardest. Um, okay. I put that right in the middle for you. And the last one is big party or small gathering. Oh, come on. You should yeah. know this. I might know it, but the, the listeners don't know it till you tell us. <laughs> big party. I'm, I'm, I'm a big party girl, man. <laughs> Let me work a room. Give me a big room to work and I'm a happy camper. <laughs> Pizza? Fine, <laughs> good music. Oh I'm there. Yeah. And, and I actually couldn't, I like these questions because I do think a lot of, a lot of times we go in the middle somewhere because I can definitely like have cherished the moments where it's been our small people. Like we love the big parties and we love the energy. And when we recognize, at least for me personally, and I think because we're connected the times when it can just be like a small gathering and it's more intimate and connected. We also really, I, I love those moments too. Yeah. You were good for hosting a nice pizza and wine night. Yeah. And it just was, um, and just yeah, talking about any and everything under the sun, you can't do that in a big party. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love big parties. I, I find that I, in the big parties, I still like travel around to the different pods and then, you know, mix it up, mix up the little small gatherings within the big party. Um, so what, tell us what you do for fun when you are just thinking like what the, just need some me fun, chill kind of time. Yeah. Um, I'm a music person, like we were just talking about. So anything with music, and that's probably one of the things I miss most with all the changes with COVID is just, you know, this is festival season for me. Like I would be at a festival every weekend if I could be. I would be at a concert um, every weekend if I could be. So um, any opportunity to see live music. And I have been able to recently do some outdoor events where there's been some live bands. Like there are good like Sunday jazz brunch opportunities here that I would love. So Anytime to um, listen to some live music, chat with good people, just about, again, anything and everything um, is nice. Um, If I'm not able to get out and do that, um, something I enjoy doing in the house, too, is just listening to music and having, like, my own little private concerts. (laughs) I I will just... I will literally like that. I have a, a playlist on my Apple Music um, called I Just Want to Sing, and it's all the songs I love to sing. Oh, so I, would I love that. Create my own little concerts. So yeah. that, that, that is good. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then I'm also like a big TV person. Like, I just like when I want to veg out, I don't need to do anything active. I don't need to be around people. Um, I have a slew of things on my DVR um, that I love to watch. I love a good movie, a good series. Um, so yeah, like that's one of my vices is just like digging into a good show. And I used to love reading, but it's so hard for me to get through books anymore. So more, more of the TV, more podcasts. I love listening um, to things while I'm driving. Um, but yeah, like give me some music, give me a good show. 
um, give me some good people. Um, and that's, that's how I like to spend my time. Yeah. Um, I just want to sing playlist. I think everybody needs one of those. I I'm going to make one for myself. Although I think all of mine, I just sing them anyway. And I, um, what's the one song that pops into your head of your favorite song to sing on that list? I say this one because I've performed it many a times at a karaoke event or two or three or thousand. And people always remember how I perform Tony Braxton's You're Making Me High. Oh, like this. <laughs> it's just so sultry and sexy. And I just love her tone in that song. And I can go low. And then I have a little choreography I do with this. So that's probably one of my favorite songs. <laughs> I'm seeing you do a little bit of it right now. I love it. I can't wait to do karaoke with you next time. <laughs> next time we gather. <laughs> I miss you. I miss, I'm so glad to see your face, even though it's via Zoom, but I'm so excited to connect with you again soon and do some singing, dancing and eating pizza. <laughs> Our favorite, the trifecta, right? That's we love tri- it. <laughs> the trifecta. Oh my goodness. Okay. Last question. Please tell us where we can find you. What you mentioned your, um, you mentioned your company. Tell us again, your website, where we find you on social media and yes. For sure. So um, my LLC is Purposeful X LLC. So that stands for Purposeful Assessment, Consultation and Training Services. Um, my website is PurposefulX.com. Um, so you can message me there. You can see my phone number. You can read a little bit more about me. I actually want to start adding some of the links of some of the interviews and talks I've been doing on there. So that'll be on there too, if you just want to kind of hear some of the things I've been doing. Um, so that's always a great way to um, link with me. And then professionally, the only professional kind of social um, social media account I have is LinkedIn. So you can always okay. just kind of learn. I probably should maximize my use of that more. So you're making me think <laughs> that I need to really get me some professional social media pages going. But yeah, my website has all my contact info. So you can always connect with me from there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to this episode. I'm so excited to bring you one of my favorite people. As I said, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, we invite you to share it, send it along to someone that you love that may also benefit from it and, um, have a great, great day. Thank you again. Thank you for connecting on this episode of the podcast, Empowered by Design. For further connection, subscribe to my email list at drliz.com to be sure that you are in the loop for exciting news, events, and resources. You can also follow me on social media at drliz and at Visionistas by Design. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and send this episode to one of your people in order to share the love spread the power. This podcast is designed to inspire, educate, and empower you to pursue your dreams with intentional vision. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for psychological treatment or a working relationship with a licensed mental health professional. For more information on connecting with mental health resources in your area, visit drliz.com and click on resources. Thank you again for connecting and remember, trust the heart, 
Work your vision. Dream, design, deliver.